Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. This is part two of a conversation that I had with Brandon Ewing yesterday. We went very long, wanted to split this into two parts. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the Western Conference at large, how Denver would match up with every team in a playoff series, where Denver's needs still are, where we think that they have an advantage. A lot of interesting talk in this one, so thank you guys for tuning in, and let's get right into it. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here with Brandon Ewing. Skip on the other line. Skip, there were a lot of moves made at the trade deadline by a lot of different teams. Not all of them impact the Nuggets, but there are a few that do. There are some teams that stood pat that I also think impact the Nuggets for sure. Uh, Where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top of the West or the bottom? I think you got to go bottom up. Save the best for last. Leave the listeners hoping, guessing, they're waiting. I think we got to go bottom up. Cool. Let's do it. Uh, Let's look at the – so the Golden State Warriors, they they made an interesting trade today. Andrew Wiggins time, baby. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins is on that team. D'Angelo Russell is on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Those are the 15th and 14th seeds in the West, Malik Beasley and Watcher Hernan Gomez obviously go to Minnesota as well, along with Jared Vanderbilt. But let's start with Golden State. Uh, do you like that pairing? Do you like that that fit with Andrew Wiggins next to Steph, Clay, and Draymond? Yeah, I think that Steph can make anybody good, really. So, uh, I mean, I don't mind it. I'm not as big of a Wiggins hater as most people are. I still think he's a sure. somewhat good. I still think he's a somewhat good player. Like, I'm not gonna say that I sit at home at night and watch every single Minnesota Timberwolves game. But every time I see him play the Nuggets, I'm like, hey, that guy's actually not bad. I could see him doing some good stuff. <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't know. I think I just don't think he's a horrendous player. So I think, if anything, going to Golden State could be a, play, a place where he could really resurrect his career. Yeah, I'm thinking six foot eight, three and D wing with the ability to handle the ball and make some reads out of the off, off the dribble and out of the pick and roll and stuff like that. That's a pretty good role if you're talking about somebody like, uh, I don't know, Will Barton. But you're talking about Andrew Wiggins, and he has such a high profile, and people like really like to hate on him. So I'm interested in seeing how that works. But let's go rapid fire through these bottom teams. Minnesota Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns. Do you like that fit long term? Yeah, I think I do, and I think that they're going to be a really fun team to watch now with Malik Beasley, Wancho, and even Vanderbilt to get a lot of time. I think that Malik Beasley could could do really good because, I mean, they got Russell and Towns, so you already know what they're going to do. Beasley's just that third guy, and he's just going to be draining. Like, I think that he's going to have a really big second half of the season. I really do. 
I'm hopeful too. He didn't get that opportunity in Denver, but he has the talent. He has the capability. He's shown it as a starter in the past. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with a larger role. And he's going to take shots. He's going to get shots up in that system. Um, same with Wancho too, by the way. They don't have a power forward. Like he needs to play. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing today. In back to Beasley, I think that when – so the Nuggets play the Timberwolves again for the first time. I'm pretty sure it's February 23rd in Denver, and it's a 4 o'clock tip-off. And you can already pencil me in for when 6.30 hits. Malik Beasley's going to have like 40 points or something. <laughs> like I, you, you already know it's coming. Nothing but nothing but good thoughts and, and good feelings if Malik Beasley does that. Like you root for the guy because he gave his all in Denver. He really he worked back from injury, has had to work through the rotation, and when he got his chances, he did pretty well. So Yeah, no, um, and I and I, I still don't forget the first two years he was here. Like he was just the ultimate teammate on the bench. Like he was the one doing all the dancing and he had all the gifs oh, yeah. and all the videos. Like I, I will never forget that Malik Beasley, the one before he actually started playing and we noticed, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the the trio of Jamal, Wancho, and Malik was was always a, a fun time to watch. Like they would always smile and care about each other, and it was a it was wholesome. It was it was wonderful to watch. So uh, let's move on. Sacramento Kings don't make a major move. I think they traded Dwayne Dedman away, so they're out of the playoffs. No need to talk about them. Phoenix Suns, kind of same thing. They talked about moving Kelly Oubre. The, a report came out that they're, they're going to let Dario Saric walk in free agency. Uh, they're a poorly run organization. I don't really care about them either. Uh, let's talk about New Orleans, though, because they could make a run. New Orleans is really interesting. They didn't make a trade. Drew Holiday was obviously in rumors. Uh, J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, I'm sure they got calls about, too. Uh, do you think that team could make a run? Uh, they're currently six games back in the loss column of Memphis with about 30 games to go. Yeah, I think there's somebody to definitely monitor. And, I mean, they obviously think they could make a run if they held on to every single piece they got. And Memphis kind of had a lot of moving parts, so it'll just be interesting to see. I know we're going to get to them in a minute, but they had a lot of moving parts, so it'll be interesting to see how they work. I mean, Portland's obviously – dangerous with Damian I think Pelicans are definitely somebody to watch especially with Zion I think Zion's someone that can just inject that I don't know that push to the playoffs in those guys and I mean I wish that they didn't think they were in it because I wish that they wanted to move Drew Holiday but I mean so sure. they 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 better be in it if they held on to him so yeah uh we'll we'll just have to see how that goes I'm I'm a little bit skeptical about them making the playoffs still. They have to beat out so many people. And so if they if they continue to win against those teams, then it works for them both ways. But I don't think they have enough to make up six games with so little time left. So excuse me. Gosh, I'm having a little bit of a little bit of trouble over here. That's okay. Um San Antonio Spurs didn't make a move. They had talked about potentially moving DeMar DeRozan, but he is still in San Antonio. Uh, they're not dangerous at all, I don't think. Like, if the Nuggets were to play them this time around, I think they would beat them in five games, maybe even four. Yeah, uh, I was thinking I was thinking four, too, and I honestly think Pelicans are more dangerous than the Spurs. So, How many times have the Nuggets played the Spurs this year? Oh, what is it? It's... It's one. It's one. Them. It's one top. So I think it's zero. I think literally the first time they play them yeah. is next Monday. I don't think they've played them yet. So that'll be interesting to see how they match up now. Uh, if Jokic is on Lamarcus Aldridge, he's going to destroy him. So I'm. I'm like. I mean, 
Jokic destroys everybody, so it's what else is new? Uh, who else? Uh, Portland. Portland Nuggets just face them. Uh, Portland doesn't have anything. Like if if the Nuggets were to face them in the playoffs, I would feel pretty good about that. If I was the if I was Denver, uh, just because they know how to match up with them now, and they can they can make that work. They have like Will Barton is good enough defensively to at least stay with CJ McCollum, and Jamal Murray can guard Trevor Ariza pretty reasonably in the in the post. So I don't think they have anything to worry about with the Blazers. Do you? No, I'm I'm not that worried about the Blazers. I think they figured it out by now. And I think that it almost seems like the Nuggets are Damian Lillard's kryptonite. Like coming yeah. into that coming into that game on Tuesday, like Damian Lillard's averaging like thirty five points a game over the last five, and I'm like, Yeah, that dude's gonna score like fifteen tonight. And I love Damian Lillard, but I just knew going into that game, I'm like, Yeah, he's gonna struggle because it's every time he plays the Nuggets because they just know how to handle him. They really do, and it. They had a lot of experience, obviously, in the last in last year's playoffs. But Nikola Jokic is such a smart defender, and he has figured out Damian Lillard. Uh, Gary Harris is also smart. Torrey Craig, very smart defender, very athletic defender. And when those guys are hounding him too on the ball, Lillard just doesn't know how to deal with it. And the Nuggets, they do. They've figured that out. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, if they were to match up in a playoff series, how big would Damian Lillard go? Uh, if he's not hitting logo threes, then I don't think he's doing very well. So uh, Memphis Grizzlies, now we're into the actual playoff picture. The Memphis Grizzlies cur- currently occupy the eighth seed. They made that move to trade Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, basically, to Memphis for Justice Winslow. They got back Dion Waiters, I think. I think they got back Gorgie Dang as well in kind of a three-way swap with Minnesota. Yeah, they sent J- yeah they sent uh, Minnesota James Johnson. Oh yeah, and that's that's a win for that's a win for Memphis for sure because uh, De- Jang is actually good. Like he he's I actually really like him. I think that he is a decent player. Yeah, well um, he's pro he was probably if you think about it Towns Russell Beasley. I mean he's one of the Jang would have been one of their top five best players on the team and they traded him so. Yeah, that's okay. that says more about the the Timberwolves than it does about Jang, I think. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, ex- I agree completely. <laughs> uh, he probably won't play there behind unless he like has some spot minutes because Valanciunas is really good. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. plays some center as well. Brandon Clark, who I wanted the Nuggets to draft desperately, uh, that would have been really good. Uh, he is playing really well. John Morant, obviously. Dylan Brooks, they gave an extension. And they just added Justice Winslow. So that's a dangerous team with a lot of competent pieces. Uh, does Denver struggle with them in a playoff series? No, only because I think it would take, for Memphis, it would take almost everything they have in the regular season to get there. So I think that they'd be really worn out once they got to the playoffs. The Nuggets already have that experience after last year. And I think... Memphis would probably just be a little dead tired. Like Memphis would be able to sneak a game in maybe two, but I yeah. think the Nuggets would take care of them pretty easily. Yeah, I think it's probably a five-game series. Uh, Denver wins both of their games at home. Memphis wins game three, and then Denver wins the next two. Uh, they just know how to hit a gear that Memphis doesn't, and you see that with how Denver plays these above 500 teams. Like They know how to win in those situations. So I would pick Denver pretty easily. Um, Dallas Mavericks have fallen into the seventh seed, uh, even though I think they're better than their record says right now. 
Uh, Luka Doncic has been out with an ankle sprain, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he'll be back after the All-Star break. Do you think that the Nuggets would struggle with the Dallas Mavericks in a playoff series? Uh, yeah, they're one of the teams I'd be concerned about. They're one of the teams I wouldn't want to play, and it would just depend on how hot they were going into the postseason. But Luka's been on a tear, man, when he's been healthy. So he's he's they're a team I could see him struggling with, and I mean, we saw him struggle with them earlier this year. I mean, that was first month of the season that they struggled with the Mavericks so but there's their team that I'm a little concerned about what do you think it's it's interesting I don't know who guards him when Denver's normal starting lineup is out there I think you've got probably you've got Murray Harris and Barton one of those three would be it uh, Jeremy Grant would be coming off the bench and would likely kind of be a a super sub so that whenever he's in he would guard Doncic or maybe he guards Kristaps Porzingis at times, but it I think that gives Denver enough problems that it's a six-game series, but I don't think that Dallas has enough to win it. Like, beyond Doncic and Porzingis, do you trust anybody else on their roster to be great in a playoff series? No, and I think you're right. It probably is a, a six-gamer, and then the only way it gets to seven and the Nuggets get in trouble is if Doncic is just going, like, nuclear or something. Like he's hitting all those step backs, they they can't handle Chris stops because those, it really is just those two guys, man. And the, I know that they're only two guys, but they still leave me a little concerned. And like you said, it's probably still only a six gamer, but that's just enough to push the Nuggets a little farther than I think they they would like to go in the first round. I think they'd like to take care of this year's first round, whoever it is, within five games. I mean, get it out of the way. I'm interested in seeing how. Uh, Denver's bigs would match up with Porzingis when he's at power forward as opposed to center. Like, would Jokic be on Maxi Kleber in that situation? Would he be guarding Kristaps Porzingis and letting Millsap rotate off Maxi Kleber? I don't know. I think that's there are a lot of interesting matchups and interesting enough that I think Denver may struggle for sure. But they're also going to be able to score. So I don't I don't trust Porzingis to be able to stop Jokic if Rudy Gobert couldn't. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Nobody can stop Jokic, so. Hey, that's that's a good thing to have. And when you've got a superstar, it makes things a lot easier in these arguments. So, so let's move on to Oklahoma City. They're in the sixth seed. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, Dennis Schroeder off the bench, SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They kept Danilo Gallinari and Steven Adams on this roster. And it looks like they're going to make a playoff run. They're in the sixth seed, and right now they would be slated to play Denver because Denver's in the three seed uh, pretty comfortably, But and Denver's probably closer to the two seed than than anything below that. But what, what do you see from the OKC Thunder in a Denver-OKC playoff series? Yeah, I think OKC is just – they're kind of scrappy just because – Yeah, that's a good word know, for it. They move on from Westbrook. People think that this year, ah, you know, it might be a down year for the Thunder, and there they are sitting in the sixth seed, and they're gonna they're gonna be there at the end of the season. And I mean, they're they're a tough team to play at home, so I wouldn't be surprised if they took two in Oklahoma City and made it a six gamer, possibly made it a seven gamer if they could take all three in Oklahoma City. They're just a they're just a scrappy team, man, and those are the teams that you never like to see. Like you know that the Nuggets have more talent, you know that they're better. But the other team is just scrappy, man. Like, they fight for all 48 minutes. So, I don't know. I, I would be a little concerned about the Thunder. I'd still obviously make the Nuggets the favorite. 
but still, they're a team I definitely wouldn't really want to see. Here's where I get concerned with a OKC Thunder matchup. Any of their three guards, when they play them at the same time, their three point guards, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, any of them can beat Denver's guards off the dribble. And when you have Daniil Gallinari at the power forward position, it's it's harder for Paul Millsap to help off of him. Jokic would obviously guard Steven Adams in a in a situation like that, but if Jokic is on Steven Adams and and Paul Millsap is on uh is on Gallo, it just puts so much more pressure on Jokic to be able to rotate over and cover for guys, and that's not really his game. So in my opinion, it really has to come down to can Denver outscore Oklahoma City? And I think that they can. Uh Jokic has figured out Steven Adams and how to score in and around him. Uh, but OKC's good enough, and they have Chris Paul and SGA and capable defenders. Steven Adams is a very good defender and a good team defender that they have enough guys that it could just make it more difficult for Denver. So it wouldn't be surprised if that was an upset, but I still would pick Denver in that series, of course. I, I trust the Nuggets in these situations more than I trust the Thunder, even though that it's Chris Paul. He's very good. Even in the playoffs, he is very good. Don't let the the narrative change anything for people. Uh, but no, I, I like uh, I like Denver in that series still. Uh, yeah. Do you th- is there yeah. upset potential? Yeah, I I don't know. I was just looking at the schedule because I was curious because I couldn't remember how many times the Nuggets have played Oklahoma City this year. They played them once earlier in the year, and the Nuggets won by eight. But we'll really know if it's a good matchup or not by the time the season's over because they play Oklahoma City three more times. They yeah, play th- and three more times, and it looks like two of them are in Oklahoma City, and the first one's the first game right out of the All Star break. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a game to circle on the calendar for sure. Uh, I remember that game pretty vividly, and Jokic was really good, and Murray was decent enough, I, if I recall, uh, that they that they had that they had enough offense to be able to score, even though I think they were they weren't shooting the ball very well. No, let's see. Yeah, it didn't. Look, it doesn't look like they shot it poorly. Yeah, Jokic had twenty. Yeah, another Jokic game. He had twenty eight, fourteen, and twelve. So yeah, I mean he good. he he goes at Steven Adams and it's really on everybody else at that point that if if Denver can't win when Jokic has 28 14 and 12, it's not on Jokic. Yeah, and like in that game Michael Porter only played 4 minutes. So things will be different this time around. Wancho played 12 minutes in that game. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I I, I look forward to seeing how Michael Porter Jr. defends Danilo Gallinari. I think he actually would do pretty well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
let's go to Utah, who the Nuggets have just played a couple of times and, and really embarrassed a couple of times, honestly. Like, in games that Utah should have won both times. Like, Denver's been on the second night of a back-to-back, I think, in both situations. Actually, not the first time, but they were coming off of a really tough schedule. And this past time, where Denver had seven players on a back-to-back, they've still been able to handle the Jazz with Jokic handling Gobert. Uh is that how you think a series would go, or is it possibly more contentious than that? No, I think that the tides have really turned. I think that the Nuggets are kind of starting to find the Jazz's number. And another guy that I really like and it's really fun to watch is Donovan Mitchell. And it seems like he's kind of got that Damian Lillard thing when he plays the Nuggets that he just can't figure him out. And the Nuggets know exactly what Donovan Mitchell's going to do. So I think that the Nuggets would take care of him. I think that the Jazz would obviously steal a couple games, but I, a, a week or so ago, if you asked me that question, I'm concerned about the Utah Jazz. The last two times I've seen the Nuggets play them, I'm like, holy cow, they might have figured them out. So, I don't know. I'm pretty confident in the Nuggets over the Jazz right now. What do you think? I I have one concern, and actually two. I'll, I'll say two. It's can Jamal Murray sustain the kind of performance that he had last night or on yeah, it was last night, actually. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday night, where he had 30 efficient points, uh, hit nine, or hit four out of nine threes, really scored the ball well, really scored it efficiently. And also, Paul Millsap has not played against the Utah Jazz yet. Denver has played them over the last couple, like the last week or so. They've played them twice. Uh, Jeremy Grant was in the first game and did really well. Michael Porter was in the first game, did really well. And then they went really small in this last game, and Torrey Craig was at the four, and Denver was still able to manage that. What happens when Denver goes with a more traditional lineup? Because they're going to go back to that. They're going to be in that position where Paul Millsap is playing the four. Who does Paul Millsap defend in that situation? Can he defend Bogdanovich capably? I don't know if he can. Yeah, that's a really great point, and it really just made me think that you have the last... The last time they played them, they only had seven dudes, and it was kind of they kind of just willed themselves to victory. So, it's a good point when they get everybody back. And I mean, Mason Plumlee's yet to even play against the Jazz this year. So, and I mean, you got the Jordan Clark, the Jordan Clarkson effect, man. Like yeah, he's gonna, I don't he's think, gonna be the Rodney Hood. I don't think Mason Plumlee plays in that series. That's, that's also that that's me, also a good point. That's also a very good point. I I think that if you're if you're Michael Malone. I think they're eventually going to move towards Jeremy Grant starting at the four and Paul Millsap playing the backup five. That would be the direction that I go because I think Jeremy Grant just fits better against that team where he can switch and he can guard at the pick and roll and and he can chase guys off ball and, and do the things that help win against the Jazz where I don't think that Paul Millsap can do those things. Um, I could be wrong. And, but but this has been sticking with me for a little bit, and and I'm a little bit concerned. But if you have Paul Millsap as the backup five as opposed to Vlatko Chanchar, then I think you're you're in a good position. Yeah, and I I am kind of concerned about Bogdanovich though, because that dude can really light it up. Like in the first meeting where the Nuggets played him a few weeks ago, like he didn't have a huge game, but in the first quarter, I was like, my goodness, it'd be nice if the Nuggets had one of these guys. So he has me a little concerned. Same with like, it's weird because you know someone like him, you know someone like Jordan Clarkson, they're just going to go off in the playoffs when they play the Nuggets. And it's like, of course that's what happens. 
So yeah, it was it was interesting. The Nuggets changed up their defensive coverage in the second game and had Jokic dropping most of the time against Gobert. Uh, in the first game, they had Jeremy Grant rotating on the backside and Jokic playing up. I think that they play drop coverage and they dare the Jazz to hit long two-pointers. That's That would be what I would do. And that allows Jeremy Grant to stay home on the backside as opposed to rotating into the middle of the lane. Because that was the reason that Bogdanovich got hot. He got so many open threes. Uh, I think that they play drop coverage and they do a pretty good job of it. Yeah. No, I agree completely. And the last two games against Utah have been really positive. So obviously you want to see what they look like against them when they have everybody back. But I think that the tides have definitely turning in that, in that little matchup, and they're going in the Nuggets' favor. Cool. Uh, we've spent too much time on Utah. Let's move to Houston uh, briefly. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, – we have no idea what's going to happen against Houston. I think what's going to happen is that Nikola Jokic will dominate the interior – uh, I think he will score a bunch of points. I'm not sure how it goes and whether he can consistently defend on the perimeter against P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington. But if those are the only guys that he has to really deal with at the five, I'd be less concerned if I was Denver. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I've been watching this Houston game tonight while we've been doing this podcast. It's been on in the background, and it's been... It's been interesting. They haven't played. They've been playing pretty good against the Lakers. The only thing is that that PJ Tucker the five experiment. He already had four fouls, and there was ten minutes to go in the third quarter. <laughs> but he's found a way to stick in the game with only four fouls. So I don't know, man. It'd be interesting. Houston's always a little bit of a wild card. And I mean, Robert Covington's played tonight. He's already played twenty seven minutes, and he's actually looked pretty good out there. So yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm interested to seeing how that goes. It's 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 just weird. It's it's something I I don't know how things are going to go. But LeBron James has 15 assists. Uh, Anthony Davis is 32 and 12, and he's been very efficient. Uh, you would think that the Lakers would be able to outscore them in this situation, but the Rockets have hit 17 threes and are shooting 46. percent Now that's going that's not going to carry. In every single game, they're not going to shoot 46% in a series. That would be absurd. But if they shot 40%, that's reasonable enough. They've got the talented shooters enough to be able to do that. I don't think that they would do that against Denver. I think Denver has a better perimeter defense than the Lakers do. But we're going to have to see because that's it's something the, the Nuggets have struggled with against the Rockets. They haven't been able to contain on the perimeter. And if Torrey Craig's out there, then... He has to be hitting shots as well. So I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, Houston's just a wild card. Robert Covington just hit a three with over two minutes left, and the Rockets are up by four over the Lakers. So Robert Covington's yeah. already fitting in great. <laughs> Big yeah, shot. Yeah, hey, clearly. Clearly. Uh, and, yeah, this is uh, – I, I don't think that LeBron James has had his best game. He shot one of seven from three. If you shoot poorly against the Rockets, then you're not going to win. Um, oh, yeah, that absolutely. Seems... And if Westbrook's going off like this, too, I mean, he just got his 40th point of the night. He's shooting 17 of 28 tonight. Like, Harden, Harden only has 14. That's the thing. When they're playing five out, it's harder to contain Westbrook. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, – <coughs> excuse me. Wouldn't surprise me if Torrey Craig would play a ton in that series and just shadowed Westbrook wherever he goes. And then if they're playing – Robert, or if they're playing Robert Covington or PJ Tucker at the five, then just 
get the ball to Jokic in the middle every time and just see what happens. Uh, and then the spacing problems are a little bit less concerning, I would say. Yeah, um, and I, I, I like the Tory Craig matchup on Russell Westbrook. I mean, we've seen it work course. before. I, Tory, Tory gets in his head. Tory gets in everyone's head. So that's uh, very, Robert, Robert Covington just hit another three with a minute 27 left to give Houston a nine-point lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if you miss your open threes, if you're the Lakers and you miss your layups, then they're beatable. And I think let's transition into them because even though they're in the one seed, let's talk about them first. I think they're more vulnerable than the Clippers are, especially against Denver, because if Anthony Davis goes to the five and he's faced with Nikola Jokic every single time, Jokic has figured out this defense thing and he knows how to try when the time calls for it. Uh, I am interested in seeing how that goes. They didn't make any moves, so this is their roster right now. Even if they get like Darren Collison, like that's not going to be, like that's not going to change anything from Denver's side. Like Denver's still going to go with Monte Morris as the uh, as their backup point guard in that situation. Maybe they go with PJ Dozier and he would give some good defense. But that's that's all I could really see. Um, with the Lakers. Do the Nuggets have enough capability to stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis on their roster? Yeah, it's those are the two guys you're worried about. I was really hoping that they would trade the farm for Marcus Morris. I really would to get Danny Green, Kuzma out of there. Danny Green's yeah. like Danny Green's like one of those wild cards. Like if the Nuggets could get Danny Green, like we were talking about the other day, that would have been insane. Like that would have been sure. crazy. So he's somebody I'm worried about. I'm obviously worried about LeBron because he just knows how to get to to finals. So I think it's not that I don't think the Nuggets could handle him. I think the Nuggets could easily beat the Lakers. But I think that when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the other side, that it definitely creeps into your mind. Like, oh gosh, we got to get past these guys. So I'd be a little concerned. It it'll be interesting to see. The game on Wednesday at home, the final game before the All Star break, Nuggets and Lakers. I think that that that'll be telling, and hopefully the Nuggets can get it done and really go into the All Star break on a high note because I think it would give them a lot of confidence moving forward and a lot of confidence that hey, if we meet the Lakers in the playoffs, we could take care of these guys easily because we've done it before. Yeah, and they won that second matchup with the Lakers, but LeBron wasn't playing in that game. They won it pretty handily. Uh, Anthony Davis. Did some great things, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't necessarily impactful because Denver was still scoring on the other end. If they can score, if Jokic can continue to be a great offensive option, even if he's facing Anthony Davis or JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or one of those guys, that changes the dynamic. That changes the game. Uh, So much of the Lakers' identity is built on other scorers not being able to score on the interior, but if Jokic is able to do that, I think that changes a lot. Um, I don't think that they have enough to stop LeBron and AD. I think I would pick the Lakers to win a series in six or seven games, but it would be really close. It would be really, really close. Um, they're a good team. They're clearly better than I thought they would be. I think they're better than most people thought they would be. Uh, Davis and LeBron have fit extremely well together, and they're they're just figuring things out. Uh that's a tough duo to stop, but if you have James at the four and Davis at the five, I mean, I don't know if Millsap's stopping him. I don't know if Grant is stopping him in that situation. 
I don't know if anybody's stopping him in that situation. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it if they get matched up with him. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. I think it'd be incredibly hard to stop them. I think the thing that the Nuggets have to do is just contain them, not let them go bonkers. But I think that it would be a six or seven game series, and you'd hope that the Nuggets could just find a way to to make it happen. But I don't know it'd be it would be a really fun playoff matchup. It really would. Yeah, I, it's a battle of styles, a battle of wills. Uh, can Nikola Jokic have his star up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and still shine? Uh, that's a big, big question mark in a series like that where you've got two of these top seven, eight players on the floor. Uh, LeBron's still probably the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's really taken that away from Actually, well, Giannis, but he's the second best player in the NBA. Let me let me restate that. Uh, hey, I, I think LeBron's still the best player. I'm a LeBron guy through and through, so hey, I'm it's, with you. It's, it's, not a, it's not a bad opinion to have, I would say. So I, I you just have to see it with LeBron in order to remove him from a finals conversation. Uh, okay, I enough about the Lakers. I mean, it, it is what it is with them. The Clippers, they just acquired Marcus Morris. Uh, they gave up Mo Harkless, a young prospect, a first-round pick, two young prospects, uh, Cabin Gele, a, a big man that they that they had, and Jerome Robinson. Uh, neither of those guys really were in the picture, and Marcus Morris kind of replaces Mo Harkless in a better way. Uh, do you think that Denver matches up with them in any way? Yeah, see, and that's another reason I kind of want Marcus Morris to go to the Lakers because I didn't want him to go to the Clippers because the Clippers had to give up Cabin Gelly, who they're not really playing, Jerome Robinson, who not really playing either. So the the Clippers really didn't give up anything, while the Lakers are going to have to give up a ton. So obviously that's why the Lakers didn't do it. So sure. the Clippers, the Clippers, the the biggest concern is always Kawhi because Kawhi is just a, he's just a different animal, and Paul George it can just go nuclear on a nightly basis. So, and their bench is with Morris now. I mean, that's a really filthy bench with Montrez, so, Lou. I mean, holy cow! That's buckets and defense. So I think that Jokic could figure out Ivisa Zubac in a playoff series. It might take him a game. But eventually he will figure out how to handle him. He might figure him out in the regular season and that would be fine. Uh, But he's already figured out Montrez Harrell. I don't think anybody else on that roster can defend him, even Kawhi Leonard. Like Jokic dominates Kawhi Leonard when Jokic is in the post. Uh, Paul George is not going to do it. He's not big enough. Um, There's nobody else. There's nobody on that team that really matches up with him. If he can defeat, if he's a Zubach and and kind of neutralize that matchup. So if that happens, I kind of like Denver in that series. I, I just get con- I get I get concerned about the bench. I think that the Clippers bench could kind of go off. So, I just get I get concerned about Lou Williams. I even get concerned about Landry Shamit. Man, that guy kind of could ball. So let me ask you this. If you put Tory Craig on Lou Williams, what do you think happens? Like, what what happens in that series if he's running oh. through pick and rolls? Uh, Lou Williams obviously very dangerous to to take all of those shots, but I kind of like Tory Craig in that situation as a as a bigger guy on on a smaller Lou Williams. What about you? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt Tory Craig. The big thing is, is he could just not get in foul trouble. If he were to get in foul yeah, trouble, that's that true. would that would be really bad news. And Lou Williams is 
Like, he's just really savvy. Like, he's a veteran, and I'm not going to say Tory's not, but I, I think Tory could do it, but I still have my doubts. Lou Williams is kind of that X factor off the bench that he's he, – he just goes off every night, man. So, I don't – and Marcus Morris, you've yet to see how Marcus Morris even fits in with that bench unit. He's going to be a starter. They're starting him. Are uh, they really? Yeah, I think they're going to – Oh, because they, they put him in for Mo Harkless. For Mo Harkless. Yeah, so I think they're going to go with Pat Bev – Paul George at the two, Kawhi at the three, Morris at the four, and Zubac at the five. So that's a dangerous lineup. And the lineup that I'm super interested to seeing if Denver will counter with, does Denver throw Jeremy Grant at the three? Do they put him on Kawhi Leonard and just say, you've got him, we'll figure out the offense, you've got him, we'll switch everything if necessary, but but that's where we're going to start things. Uh, then you've got Murray, Barton, Grant, Millsap on Marcus Morris, and Nikola Jokic on Zubac. I kind of like that group I because I, Murray is, is fine defending Patrick Beverly. That's not going to it's not going to impact anything. The problem, of course, is going to be the def- is, is going to be the other end, I think, because when you've got all those guys on the floor, it really comes down to Jokic being able to create his shot for himself and others. Um, yeah, and because- here's, here, here raises another question. How do you think Murray plays with Patrick Beverly guarding him? I I am it's a, it's a little worrying, but uh cuz Patrick Beverly does great on ball, I think that you may want to run Murray off ball in a lot of situations. Force Paul George to defend uh Will Barton, force him to defend Jeremy Grant whatever, but Jeremy Grant's really going to be in the corner most of the time and and same with Paul Millsap and you just kind of have to have to go with that. Uh it's a it's a really unique thing that they're trying to do and that they would have to do with that particular lineup. There are other lineups that can work. Gary Harris can be on Paul George in stints, but I don't think that he can be out there for long. So that's that's why I'm concerned. Uh how do you think that series would go? <sighs> it is tough to say. It it would it would depend on when they're playing them. So, like, do the Nuggets play? Do they lose a couple games in the first round and have to go six or seven games to make it to round two while the Clippers sweep whoever they play? Because did the Nuggets have a little gas out of their tank? Do the Nuggets take care of business in the first round? I don't know. I think it's I think it's another six or seven gamer. I really do. I think that I still give the edge to the Clippers, but I think that the Nuggets could push them. I really do. I think that they can too. I don't know if I would pick Denver, but I really do think that they have a good chance of winning. So let's go Clippers in six, Clippers in seven. But the hedge bet would be if the Nuggets got home court advantage, the Nuggets in seven would be a pretty, pretty tasty, pretty tasty bet to make. So I'm I'm curious that if let's say let's say the Nuggets made the one seed and the Lakers and the Clippers had to face each other in the Western Conference semifinals. Now that would only, be that would be huge. Yeah, then you only have to face one of them. And if if the Clippers come out of that series, then they could be tired and, and have to face Denver. That's a situation that I think Denver would really, really like. Yeah, no, that I think it just depends on when they play them. And I think if the Nuggets have to play both LA teams. So say they get past one of them, whether it be the Lakers or the Clippers, the next LA team you got another juggernaut to go through. So that's that's extremely tough. So I think the the seating is incredibly important. The matchups are going to be huge, just like they were last year. 
All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Do you think that the Nuggets have a reasonable shot to make a deep title run? Yeah, no, I think they have a reasonable shot. I still have doubts, but I think that they have a shot. I think that I really like the Nuggets in the first round. I don't care who they play, unless it's like we just mentioned, the Clippers or the Lakers, which won't happen. So I have my question marks just depending on the matchup, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers or the Rockets. But I think the Nuggets can take care of the Rockets. So like if I were to put a scale, so I'm really only concerned about the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Lakers. I think the Rockets are number one in terms of I think the Nuggets take care of them. I think the Lakers are number two. Nuggets can take care of them second. And then third, the Clippers are who I'd be most concerned about. So I think that the Nuggets can definitely make a title run. It all is just going to depend on the matchups. It's going to depend on where the Nuggets' health is. But I think Nikola Jokic will still be playing some really good basketball. And as long as they have him on their side, I'm never going to count them out for any game. And, I mean, we saw that last night when they had seven dudes. So I'm not going to count him out. I'm not going to count him out from after he went in the playoffs last year. So I think this Nuggets team definitely has a chance to make a title run. I'm not going to say I'm extremely confident, but I have some confidence. Well said. We'll end it on that one. That's going to do it here for the Denver Stiff Show. Make sure to follow Brandon Ewing at Skip1717 on Twitter. I'm at NBA Blackburn. Make sure to check out the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network and the rest of the the podcasts that have gone up. Nick Herzog and Jeremy Pulley had a really good conversation with a member of the of T-Wolves Twitter, of somebody who runs a, a Timberwolves account. Uh, and has been following Kata Bates Diop uh, and Noah Vonley. So if you're interested in hearing more about those guys, then make sure to check out that podcast. Uh, but beyond that, we've got some great coverage up at the Nuggets at the Denver Stiff site. Uh, lots of clicks on, on the things that have gone up today. So thank you so much for visiting and keep keep visiting because it, it helps us, helps us out greatly and uh, gives a, a lot of validation for the work that I know that our staff has been putting in over the last several weeks. So thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you guys next week. Next week.